What's up, and welcome to Difficulty Class, a podcast about all things Dungeons and Dragons. I'm one of your hosts, Allie Deichman. With me this week is Trevor Bettis. And also Dustin Hill. Hello. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and this week we will be talking about transitioning systems and fudging dice rolls. Yeah. Well, guys, how were your games this week? Let's uh, start with Trevor. <laughs> yeah. Let's um, n- not as many as normal. Um, because <laughs> I re- we recorded just after I did the last Golden Pals, and we haven't done the next Golden Pals yet, so that's on hold. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I wasn't there for our Pathfinder game on Saturday because mental health is a bitch. Mm-hmm. And but I did play a game on Friday. Um, I, it was uh the one where there was the former Descent to Avernus, and now it's just kind of free games and stuff yeah. like that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um so um you guys don't know this is actually news to both of you i'm changing characters in pathfinder oh. it's actually not as uh, news as you think yeah. we were given a little bit of spoiler god damn yeah. it <laughs> you're ruining my stuff and you not let me have secrets <laughs> no it's fine uh yeah so i i'm i'm changing characters i'm gonna keep the same class Mm-hmm. Uh, but I have remade this character uh, right now. I have uh, her name is Keisha, and I have I'm building out her backstory and stuff like that. Uh, but what I decided to do was because I was already making a character on Friday for Pathfinder, and I had to make one for D and D. I'm like, I'm just gonna make the same character. Nice. <laughs> Fun fact: one of those took me two hours, and one of those took me 15 minutes. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I made I made a rogue in fifth edition. And I don't think I've ever actually played a rogue before in fifth edition. Really? And yeah, um, and uh. it was a lot of fun. Just jumping around, <laughs> just like, hey, uh, guess what? Because my buddy's here, you're step. gonna die now. Because <laughs> uh, I go from doing just a d8 of damage to everything. Mm-hmm. Oh. I roll all of my dice, and you take it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, but yeah, uh, my friend Tom ran it. It's I I think he said like it's the third game he's ever run ever, and he did a great job. And it was uh, it was a lot of fun uh, playing it with some zombie giants and traps. I fell into a pit. Uh, it was nice. a lot of fun. Uh, Dusty, how how are, how are your games? Um, well, there was gonna be two, uh, but roll twenty was down, so I was super excited to play Scum and Villainy. That didn't happen. Because it's very heavy on roll twenty, because that's where all the character sheets are. So ah. I'll hopefully be playing that soon, because it's some space pirate good shit. I'm playing oh, the yeah. doctor in there. Uh, his name's Isaac Luna, as you do. Um, but I thought you meant you were just playing the doctor from Doctor Who. No, well the Stitch <laughs> class in there is really cool. Like their their one of their abilities is called "I'm a doctor, not a blank." Which is, you know, <laughs> it's so it's so good, and I'm just like, I love this so much. Didn't get to play, but hopefully soon. Um, my only other game was Pathfinder, um, which well, was, how did that go? I wasn't there. That was a session. <laughs> that was a session. We uh, had a plan, and we did the plan well. Yes, yeah, we did do the plan well. We only had as one... long as it's not one of the plans that you guys made when Alarith wasn't there. No. Oh. <laughs> no, no, not at all. We had water breeding potions this time. It was great. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was a uh, fun enough. The only encounter we did was not made by Wiz this time. It was made yeah. by Ike. Yeah. So. <laughs> God dang it. Uh, oh. Okay. So yeah. this is where our plan went downhill. <laughs> yes. Exactly. It was. We went it from was a cool combat. Okay to. 
Yeah. To, to, you went down, didn't you? I got. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. I got double crit by this terrifying <laughs> octopus thing. Um, yeah. Went down. Uh, stayed around there for a minute. For a minute. For a hot minute. Uh, Allie, your character healed me up to 56 hit points. Hell I immediately yes, did. I do. Yeah. I did shocking grasp on the giant thing. Which apparently provokes attack of opportunity. Got crit again. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Went down to two health. Yeah. And teleport. Like, my character has teleports. So I teleported to as far away as I can without getting hit. Uh, screaming and cursing. But no one actually yeah. died. So it was yeah. okay. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, it's no, good. no yeah. one actually died. It just, we got yeah. hurt. I mean, I yeah. didn't get touched. But we, we got hurt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, us and the... Uh, the gnome badgerback got hurt a lot. Badgerback, yeah. Badgerback. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, uh, Allie. Yeah. So, like, yeah, Pathfinder. I I actually really enjoyed that. It was a lot of like my characters very much. I would like to have a plan before I break into this place because otherwise we're walking up to the door. And so this whole concept of like Claire audience and Claire voyance just like at the same time has been working out really well. <laughs> It's a perfect scry and fry situation, except we can't do the frying part yet. No, but yet. yet. <laughs> and so it's like, we, it's, you know, Claire Voyance and Claire Audience down below. And hey, there's running water. And a micro is like, I have a really big hunch that the river leads into here somehow. We're going in through the water, guys. And Badgerback's like, I have, I know water breathing. <laughs> and so I'm like, yeah, we're going yeah. through the water. <laughs> And that was just a lot of fun being like coming up with a plan that the DM had no idea that we would be going through. <laughs> like, yeah. I remember one of the players asking like, oh, yeah, how much did you expect us to go through the water? And Wiz was like, uh, like, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> and I, those I'm, are my favorite the world times. of DMing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was suggesting and Batcherback was totally in. I was just going to knock on the front door. Yeah, we were tempted, but it's like, yeah. what would what would that have really gained us, and how much would we lose? Yeah. <laughs> so, so Badgerback is played by our friend Caleb, and I love playing with Caleb because uh, it, it, he he will he will go for he will be up for the the very obvious plot hook way to go in, but if someone suggests a batshit crazy thing, he'll be like, I'll do that too. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm Which, good for both, but I mean, that sounds fun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which I am very appreciative of, because I usually come up with the batshit insane ideas. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, Pathfinder, that was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun to play in that one. Um, mm. On Wednesday, I did get to run my Neverwinter campaign, and that was Ooh. quite enjoyable. So, like, previously on, they just took down the white dragon that has been uh, up in the north for a while and oh yeah the 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 one where you guys like role played the combat yeah and so all that was left was the horde and so they had to defrost the horde they had to dig it out (laughs) and after figuring out there was like eleven thousand gold in the horde it was like cool was that it and i'm all like well (laughs) there's also a chest and so they look in the chest and it's just full of like wooden coins like fake silver things and it's like and a pipe that says a curse upon all ye who finds this treasure and it's like <laughs> Roland just detect magic there's no curse all right we can touch it <laughs> <laughs> and so they actually find a map that leads to the red rocks and the red rocks are like just north of waterdeep 
And they have to go to the Sword Mountains anyways for the next white dragon they want to kill. So they're like, you know, let's just let's just go to the Red Rocks while we're down there. They might actually be the real treasure because uh, the note on the back of the map mentioned like this very notorious halfling pirate and um, and Roland, who's like just historian like master recognize the name he's like yeah no this was actually a really good pirate they might actually have some real loot where the actual treasure is hidden so they go and they look for it they get to the red rocks and uh, part of the riddle was that you have to wait until low tide in order to see where the entrance is and uh the other half of the riddle is saying that the thing is guarded by feathered brides which spoiler is harpies <laughs> the players figured out it was harpies quite early however <laughs> when Saphir's like you know what I don't really want to kind of hang out and wait for low tide I'm going to go swimming around with my mantle like cloak of the manta ray and I'm like okay you do actually find the boat that points towards the entrance and he goes and he investigates and I'm like okay do a whiz save and this level 16 rogue fails the wisdom save oh no <laughs> And I tell him, you're feeling super compelled to listen to this most beautiful song you've ever heard in your life. And it's inside that large cave in front of you. <laughs> oh, no. And he's like, yeah, I go in. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, cut two. The other players emerge from their magnificent mansion, just tanning on the beach. And they're like, well, where's Saphir? <laughs> <laughs> and so they go find him because now it's low tide and it's this beautiful moment of they see his footprints in the sand shift immediately and they get almost drunken as they're trudging through the sand up towards the cave and there's this great moment where I'm like okay guys you're heading up towards the cave like yeah I'm okay I need wisdom saves from all of you as you start hearing this beautiful song all the boys fail Twyla <laughs> and it was this great moment whereas Twyla and the pets of the group the the mechanical like cat and the <laughs> the horse even saved and the bird <laughs> and they're just like starting to move forward and Twyla's like I can't no no <laughs> and I'm like meanwhile <laughs> Sophia is like in a warmth state he's actually being currently hugged uh, he can't quite see who's hugging him, though, because the entire area is uh, cra- like covered up. He's like, well, I have dark vision. I'm like, yeah, I know. It's It looks like something's actually covering your eyes almost. And as it kind of shifts, as it hums its tune, uh, you feel the brush of feathers against your cheeks. So it's almost like hugging him from behind, keeping him like just enshrouded entirely with its wings. Mm-hmm. And I'm really excited about this because <laughs> we just got the Theros book. And there are some really fun harpies in there. And I looked at it and it's like, oh, yeah, this harpy in the Theros book can control undead. And I'm thinking immediately, Sea of Thieves. Oh, my God. (laughs) No, these guys are walking up to the entrance and they hear this most like discordant humming sound and song that just dispels despair. And all of a sudden, skeletal hands just rise up out of the sand, and that's where we finished it. That's so <laughs> that's good. awesome. I love it. And I'm so like, good. it's fun to have like these little mini adventures that they thought would just be kind of like, we're going to pick up some treasure at level 16. And I'm like, oh, guys. <laughs> <laughs> that's adorable. This their, is fun. <laughs> their beach episode went south real fast. It, w- it was actually a whole beach episode. They did roleplay a whole beach episode out, which I love them for. 
Gotta love the vacation episode mm-hmm. before everything goes to hell. Exactly. I am really excited about them actually getting through this if they can. Um, <laughs> because like the actual treasure, I'm like, I'm I'm probably more excited than they are about it. <laughs> Just because I know what's going to happen. But that's that's Ooh. the fun of being a DM. <laughs> that's awesome. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's uh, transition over into some broadsheets. And we've mm-hmm. got quite a bit of news here. Yeah. yeah. Um, so first off, um, we were all woken up uh, on Monday morning to this lovely uh, image that Chris Perkins posted. Chris Perkins posted of a coffin shaped box next to his dog Milo, who's absolutely adorable and I love him. Um, And saying Milo approves, and it says Curse of Strahd on that box. And uh, said to check out IGN, which I did in a um, feverish run, uh, (laughs) sprinted all the way to my living room and put that on. And yeah, there was an unboxing video for a collector's edition of Curse of Strahd. Mm -hmm. Holy shit. It's uh, a revamped. Yes. Curse of Strahd (laughs) revamped. So good. Um, So... This box, uh, let me go over to that Amazon page uh, to mm-hmm. take a look at it. It doesn't have bullet points, of course, does it? So essentially, um, first off, this the cover thing... is by Hydro seventy four. Yes. yes. Well, the 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 back part of it, because yeah. the, the the front part's got the Curse of Strahd thing with some Hydro stuff on it. But yeah, um, so this uh, box has the whole campaign, but it is split up. So there is the main campaign, uh, the Taroka deck, uh, like meanings and whatnot, and then uh, a whole book of monster stats. Uh, um, so they've taken the hardcover book and broke it out into three soft cover books, which at first I was like, that's kind of sad. That kind of sucks that it's not hardcover and this is quote unquote a collector's edition. But then they showed the rest of the stuff that's in it. <laughs> it mm-hmm. has uh, a whole Taroka deck, uh, which they were calling uh, Taroka deck. So I don't know which is right anymore. And don't get mad at me if I'm wrong, please. <laughs> um, so it has the whole deck. It is bigger than the one that was released by Gale Force 9 and looks extremely pretty. Uh, it has a DM screen in it, which has uh, what they described as postcard-esque uh, landscapes from Barovia, which they then turned into actual postcards that also come in yes. this. <laughs> so there's one of like the town of Barovia, uh, the the freaking bone mill uh, uh the murder house i love that there's a postcard that just says murder house on it um <laughs> uh, and perkins even said that these were put in there with the idea that this is how you would invite your players to come play and i love that idea oh, that's, that's so, so cute. good um also comes with uh a large double-sided map one that has a massive view of barovia and then uh side maps that have the different settlements and towns uh in there on the back side he said is mainly for the dm uh which is uh, the giant isometric <gasps> map of Ravenloft. oh shit i would frame oh. that that's so pretty. oh yeah 100 cool. it is by the way it's big go check out that unboxing video it is big <laughs> um and but they did say that there's one more thing that they're not spoiling. Mm. So there's another thing in here that we don't know about. Ooh. Um, that is going to be in this box. I I I don't want to est- like try and guess what it is because I feel like I'm just going to like overhype myself and they're going to be like it's a black envelope with wax on it. I'll be like, all right, <laughs> <laughs> um, which would still be cool, but yeah. Um, so yeah, this thing is coming out October twentieth, and uh, is retailing for ninety nine ninety nine. Which I'm not 
too surprised about. Yeah. I mean, uh, considering all their collector's edition stuff, like that's actually pretty on par with their pricing. Yeah. In well, fact, it, it's well, a little bit better if I think about it. I, I was hoping for between 80 to 100. And so they hit the high mark on mine. And I'm like, that's fine. Because mm-hmm. even at the high mark, I was like, that's that's totally doable. Uh, in fact, I already pre-ordered it on Amazon. Um, <laughs> it's, it's a great uh, Halloween gift right there. <laughs> yeah. It, it comes out October 20th, which is just the best timing for that. Mm-hmm. Honestly. But the, but there is a piece of sub news to this. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I saw some, Someone tweeted... So, Beetle and Grimm, Perkins left it open for you to come out with a platinum edition of Strahd. Got anything you want to tease? And their official account uh, uh, retweeted and said, At this time, we can neither confirm nor deny such product (laughs) at this time. (laughs) To which Matthew Lillard then retweeted in all caps, We can neither confirm or deny anything. (laughs) Um, so they said that uh, they've said they have a big announcement coming up on Thursday. So when you are listening to this, listeners, you'll probably know what it is. We're here on Monday. We don't know what it is. We're still sitting here anticipating to know. Um, so yeah, keep an eye out for that. If if you're if this is Friday morning, you're like, what? I didn't hear about this. Go check Beetle and Grim because there's probably mm-hmm. something cool on there. Um, but yeah, what do you guys think about this? I love it. I am so If I had the this. money, I would buy it in a heartbeat because that's one of the campaigns that I don't actually have. <laughs> so that's why I love Amazon because they don't charge you until they ship it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I do I, think it's interesting that they've that they made a box that's basically a very downgraded version of the Beetle and Grim box. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm here for it. It in comparison, mm-hmm. it's affordable. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Which I, I, like not saying that Beatles and Grimm's are like too expensive. Oh, no, they're yeah. worth their money. Yeah. But like <laughs> Oh, I'll I'll tell you this. If Beetle and Grimm come out and announce a Curse of Strahd one, that will be the first one I insta purchase. Oh, nice. I want it. I need it. It's I love it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, I, I was about to apologize for cutting off Dusty, but I have to cut you off one more time because I did forget a very important thing. They ha- did say in the IGN video that they are addressing uh and re and changing things in the adventure specifically about the Vistani and Esmeralda. Okay. So they, they have uh, Chris Perkins specifically said they have gone in and changed it. So she is not ashamed of her disability. Um, and they have changed stuff for the Vistani. I don't know if that's more than what they've done on D and D beyond. I honestly hope they have. Because I'm like, yeah, you changed some stuff that was really fucked up, but there's also some stuff that's already fucked up, too. Yes. Um, <laughs> so that is to be seen. Now, I apologize, Dusty, for cutting you off. What were you going to say? What was I going to... Oh, uh, I'm I'm super stuck by this. I Every time you post pictures or post things about Beetle and Grimm stuff, I'm like, I also want all that, but that's a lot of money. <laughs> uh, but yeah. this, this straw thing is the vampire casket thing is so good um, i love it's a coffin it's so yeah good. yeah uh one of my other games that's been on hiatus we actually were were playing curse of strahd um so like mm. getting all this would be really good also i just like i love curse of strahd as well the whole setting's super cool mm-hmm. yeah so i would love love this i'm gonna oh. see if there's a if I could pre-order it as well. <laughs> um, I, I forget one other thing. They, uh, it does have handouts also. The oh. handouts are the pages of uh, Strahd's journal, of the letters that some... Car- I actually don't think you guys even saw all the handouts that were in the book. 
But yeah, there's a there's a lot of them in there that you can just hand off to the players, oh, which is brilliant. really hopefully nice. in a post COVID world. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. Um. All right. The second piece of news we've got is uh, they announced a Dungeons and Dragons Adventure Begins board game. Yay! And this was kind of just thrown out on Twitter. I was kind of surprised <laughs> that it was like there was very little fanfare about it. But um, yeah, so this is a board game that is meant to introduce people to D and D. Uh, in fact, it very uh, very much says in the Amazon page where it's like, for ages 10 and up, you can play it at 10 and up. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it, it's, it's uh, uh, I can't speak right now. It is targeted towards a like, family game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but it also says that it's got a lot of replayability in it. Um, so there are, it's for two to four players. There's four like, you know, like the ranger, the fighter, the mage, the cleric, stuff like that. And then there's uh, different boards that you, I guess you can put in interchangeable ways. Each board has a deck, so you can have random things happen. And then they have a bunch of uh, little, like, monster cardboard things that you can put on the map as well. So it, it's, uh, it's a really, like, simplified version of D&D. But what really like, I thought was fantastic, so far on Amazon, where I'm, where I'm looking at right now, it's only retailing for twenty five bucks. Oh, really? That is amazing, as especially a, for like an intro D anD D game. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love it because that's yeah. cheaper than their uh, red boxes, where like you'd be actually be able to play the game, and that's also cheaper than the other official D anD D board games that go up to like fifty yeah. to eighty bucks. Yeah, and those <laughs> ones are very much set into fourth edition. Yeah, um, I mean, like there are a few of them that are like specifically for fifth, like uh, the one that I have, which is about Storm King's Thunder and stuff. So it's like, yeah, there are some board games that are really, really into fifth edition, but like you kind of have to be into the game in order to really like it Mm -hmm. because otherwise it's just a complicated board game yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) but yeah this this looks really freaking cool and something that i'm absolutely gonna get and play with my nephews um Mm -hmm. and might even you know force my wife to play because this doesn't (laughs) quite look like a game she wants because like she likes gloomhaven and stuff i'm like look it's like a little kid version of it uh, we'll see how that goes (laughs) i I may want to get it as well just because uh and Whenever it's safe to do so, and I still run games at the library, I think this would be good for. Um, oh yeah! Mm-hmm. Just like having, because I do have a wide range, and now like last time we played, it was getting bigger. I think the, like the last <sighs> game we played, it was like twelve people, um, which I had to run by myself because no one like it wasn't planned for that big. Oh god, that was fun. Yep. Though. Yeah, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. I had them fight. Well, what was the last thing they fought? It was like some messed up beholder thing. Uh, something like that. I remember, like, I had to level up because, like, there's too many people, and I know they yeah. shot it. Oh, <laughs> this is kind of. I was I was reading the the bullet points here. It mm-hmm. says, uh, "Choose a journey and which boss your party of heroes will fight in the end. Oh. Choose from Felbris, a beholder, Orn, fire giant, Death Sleep, a green dragon, or the Kraken." Ooh, I love it. <laughs> that, that's that's cool. really cool. I really like this. That's cool. Yeah, I. That's that's super cool. Like actually, the first library game I did, they fought a kraken, and I remember that was <laughs> perfect. <laughs> yeah, it was a uh, really close to after Pokemon came out, like Sword and Shield, and like I had mm-hmm. like the raids in my mind. You're in the clothes, the clean, and like a yeah. giant light comes out, and the other kids are like what? <laughs> but yeah. Uh, 
All right, uh, I got I to gotta move through the rest of this because uh, <laughs> I just realized that we're almost a half hour through this. Uh, <laughs> well, so... That board game comes out on the 1st of October. So yeah. that's the that's the date. I don't know if that's the official one, but yeah, uh, right now Amazon says the the first of October. So we'll see how that goes. Okay. All right. Uh, next piece of news: Idol Champions is going to be having its summer spectacular uh, coming up soon. Hey, I just wanted to really quick make an amendment to what I just said. It's not starting soon. It has started while you're listening to this on Friday. Uh, the Summer Spectacular started on Wednesday, and there's a lot of really good stuff to go check out. Uh, you're, if you haven't logged in uh, since Wednesday, you've already missed out on two free chests that they're giving out. Uh, they're giving one out every day for a week, and if you unlock four of them, you get the uh, Pirate Calliope outfit. So please go check that out. There's a bunch of really cool stuff that's been updated into this game. Uh, so go check it out right now and uh don't miss out uh now on to the rest of what i said and there are a lot of things to unlock mm -hmm. uh, i highly recommend that if you play l champions and you like unlocking things go check out their twitter account right now and see all the things they're spoiling on what's coming out there was a really cool calliope pirate outfit today yes Ooh, fancy. um lastly to celebrate gen con online hero forage is giving five dollars off physical purchases with the uh the code gen con 2020 Mm -hmm. So if uh, if you, you've been holding off on getting a miniature on there, then that was a great time to go grab that. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if the I don't think their color one's live yet, but it's still you can go get some minis. Yeah, I mean like it's gonna be it's totally worth it because five dollars off can pay for shipping alone. So yes, <laughs> yeah, I, awesome. I've had a mini for Alicia in there for a while. I mean, I get... hey, oh hell yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, dungeon keeping. This is, uh, or a big, big part of the show I think is going to be, uh, who knows if we're even going to get through two topics. Um, so, uh, main, you know, we have Dusty on, we've had him on before, Dusty's our friend, but we're having him on for a special reason right now, because, uh, coming up, uh, next week, we're going to be partnering with his podcast, Shouting in Place, uh, for, to do a fundraiser. Yeah. Uh, does, why don't you tell us a little bit about the fundraiser that you were doing before? Okay, so um, this episode uh, is coming out Friday, which is, this is the 1st of August, right? No, 1st uh, of August is no. tomorrow, when you're listening to this, <laughs> people. Time, how does it work? <laughs> yes, the, so, but for the month of July, I started a fundraiser for uh, Doctors Without Borders, which is called Shouting Without Borders. Um I started the fundraiser in two different ways. I did one through Tiltify, which actually hasn't really been touched. Um, but that's totally okay because my whole goal for the month was $100. And I designed two shirts. Uh, one was a shirt with the logo on it. And one's uh, a shirt that says Shout Into the Void with me. Uh, which I... Space aesthetic. My, that's my whole aesthetic if y'all can figure it out. Mm -hmm. um, but for both of those shirts, at the time of recording, we have raised, I think, $126, Hell yeah. Which so awesome. is... So awesome. Um, I was surprised that more than two people bought the shirts, but I'm so grateful <laughs> for it. Um, and all that money is going towards Doctors Without Borders. It's $126 in the grand scheme of things. doesn't seem like a lot, but that's when it's going towards um, yeah. uh, supplies that are needed in the most hardest hit areas uh, hit by COVID, which is right now everywhere. Uh, <laughs> um, anyways, moving on. Uh, but yeah, so that's all going going towards them. Um, as soon as the first comes in, I think that's when the money will be able to be donated. I'll be posting that, but all that money will be there. And then whoever did order a shirt, which I know a couple of you are listening, <laughs> love yep. you so much. Yes. <laughs> uh, the shirts will be coming out mid-August. 
So I felt super awesome about doing this. So that's why I hit up these two lovely people, Allie and Trevor. Um, oh. It's like, <laughs> hey, why don't we do something with y'all? And so uh, we are going to be releasing two shirts, which um, why don't y'all see what the shirts are? Because it's like your thing. Um, so, uh, one of the, uh, shirts that we're going to do is one that just has our, uh, new logo on it, uh, mm-hmm. which we did actually call attention to now that I'm thinking about it. We just <laughs> put it up and we're like, on Twitter, like, Hey, we got a new logo, but on the show, we're like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, yeah. So Ali and I, uh, sat down and we made uh, a logo. Um, it was a really funny, like texting back and forth between, well, what do you think of this? Well, what do you think of this? There was um, so much just edit on the pictures. Oh <laughs> my God. Yeah. No, Ali was at work and so she She's having to use her phone and like draw on it. Like, okay, well, I'm thinking like this. If you can figure out what the squiggle is, <laughs> <laughs> but we got it looking the way we wanted. We mm-hmm. we absolutely love it, and so we wanted uh, one of the shirts to be that. Mm-hmm. The other shirt that we are doing is one that we have said for a very long time we would yes. do if we ever made shirts. We yes. are making a read the table shirt. Yes, <laughs> yes, I'm um, so excited nice. about that. <laughs> we'll be tweeting out an image of what that is going to look like uh, with this episode. Uh, but yeah, so we're going to be doing uh, two of them. And um, I asked Dusty, like, hey, um, what are some charities? That, like, I gave him, like, what I, what Allie and I were, like, thinking about doing and everything like that. And so he, he, he was like, okay, well, I've got some options. Here's the first two. And I, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the first two were fantastic. They really are. <laughs> Just yeah. knocked out Park first one. Mm-hmm. So, um, when I saw those two, I said, "Hey, could could we do both?" Yeah, and he uh, and so we've decided that we're gonna do one shirt off uh, per charity. So the logo shirt is going to go to Color of Change, uh, which is uh, Dusty. You've got the you got the page up, uh, right? Yeah, um, Color of Change is okay, actually yeah, super yeah. awesome organization. Um, I actually spot spotlighted them recently on Shouting in Place, but essentially they. Um, work on getting petitions, getting, um, like, they they get people in action to make changes. And that includes, like, like I said, petitions, but also, like, if there's something going on with local governments um, doing some really shitty or shady shit, um, they go in and, like, hey, they send out emails, which I am on the email list. So if you just sign up on colorofchange.org, they'll send you these email lists about like, hey, this is happening. Here's what you could do. Here's a pre-written script or something like that where you could call your mm-hmm. congressperson like, hey, this, I don't like this. This needs to change. Blah, blah, they blah, They make blah, it blah. as easy as possible for you to actually be proactive and help. Yes. Mm-hmm. And they specifically, they do spotlight marginalized communities, people of color, um, mm-hmm. and stuff like just discrimination and racist things are happening all over the country right now and they put most efforts towards getting those changed because it can't change unless you have a huge group of people working on it so yeah um and the second shirt that we're going to be doing uh for read the table is going to uh go towards black uh black table arts uh Mm -hmm. which is i i had the i had that page open i i I thought i was prepared um (laughs) But uh, they, they're a foundation that's all about supporting black artists, um, and uh, they have done conferences. Uh, they, they've put a book together, which I think is really freaking cool, called uh, A Garden of Black Joy. Mm-hmm. And I was I was reading through this, the founders and everything, and I I love w- what they are doing. And so, yeah, I, I 
would love to get some money going towards them, get you all some mm-hmm. shirts, and to be very clear, we are making nothing from this. Oh, yeah. Uh, none mm-hmm. of this money is going to touch Allie or my or Dusty's pockets. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way that this works, so to be very clear and transparent with you to, to know what's going on. So we're going to be selling the shirts for $22. Uh, we did that so that $5 of that goes to the organization. It's basically the printing and shipping costs, and then uh, whatever is left over goes to the organization. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we thought $22 was a good spread there because uh, I was like $5 sounds like a great amount to just that's the amount to give. Yeah. But what you can do is you can give more than that in the the checkout. You can, at the end of it, change it to, you know, 50 or whatever you want to put in there mm-hmm. and you'll get the shirt and then whatever is left over from there goes to the organization that that shirt is matched for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the getting down to the nitty gritty of it, we need to sell at least six of each shirt to mm-hmm. one, get the shirts made, but two and more importantly, get the organizations the money. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the Doctors Without Borders one with doing two shirts, that's gonna, that was, you know, that was probably an easier bit of one, but it like, or I guess they both needed six shirts, didn't they? Yeah. Anywho, I was just, I was thinking like, oh, do we make it harder? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we talked about this. We were like, no, this is this is worth it because yeah, it's it's gonna be so awesome for these organizations, and and we wanted to give you guys like a couple options too for yeah uh, mm-hmm. the shirts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also um, like, y'all finally have merch. And <laughs> I know that, that's a little thing for us. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so we set a, a goal for each shirt of a hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. So at five dollars a shirt, you do the math. We uh, we want we would love to be able to reach that goal. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is going to go live August first. So one please very much uh, go grab a shirt or, you know, donate to them or whatever. Um, but also like retweet it, tell people about yeah. it um, mm-hmm. and all that fun jazz. And uh, we'd love to hit this goal. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The more people awesome. that see it, the better, it, not just for our sake, but just like for these organizations, it'd be great. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Like, um, and I'll be talking about this. Shouting in place comes out on Sundays. So you'll, if you're listening to this, just, Tune in in two days to Shouting in Place. You'll hear more. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Um, and again, like, even if we don't get $100 for these, if we get six shirts, that's still 30 some dollars going towards awesome mm-hmm. organizations. And for the things like this, literally anything helps. So yeah, definitely check them out. Um, going along with the naming convention, my first one was Shouting Without Borders. Um, the one for Black Tables Arts is going to be Shouting for Black Artists. Um, is going to be the ink to the people URL, and the other one is for color change. It's going to be shouting for change. Um, Perfect. Yeah, you'll be oh, able right. to if yes. you just go to ink to the people. If you don't find the links, which I'm sure will be posted everywhere, yes. if you look those <laughs> up, you'll be able to find them. Uh, and if you're listening to this in the far flung future, where this fundraiser is over, you can also just go give there now. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. So yeah, we're that starting August first please support we absolutely love it mm-hmm. um and how and long yeah. is this going for it'll be for the month of august so in august 31st yeah. perfect perfect all right one last thing before we get into our first topic at, <laughs> thir- at 40 minutes we're gonna give away our champions loot code for idle champions go put this in on any of the platforms that it is available on and get some sweet sweet loot this week's code is e i k s N A C H S 
or no, oh my god, I finally screwed it up. <gasps> I'm gonna start over. I'm sorry. E I K S N A C H Z U P A. I've wondered for so long how long I was gonna go before screwing <laughs> up, and it finally happened. This Forgive one me. This was uh, very German. It's Eichsnachzupa. <laughs> there was a very interesting comment on uh, Reddit about our last code. Oh, yeah. um, so, uh, so yeah, go put that in on Isle Champions on any of the platforms that it is available on. Get a gold chest. Take a screenshot and send it to us. We'd love to see what kind of loot you get mm-hmm. to kick evil's butt. Yeah. Okay. Now we're into topic <laughs> one. <laughs> So um, it's kind of becoming a tra- uh, a tradition now that every time Dusty is on, we talk about systems that aren't D&D. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, we thought that it would be interesting to do one uh, about transitioning from D&D. Mm-hmm. And I know there we've, we've all three of us here have discussed and whatnot. There are quite a few people online who are transitioning from D&D because of... Uh, the the opinions they have or uh, what's going on in the world right now and them not wanting to support things. Totally understand that. Totally get that. We talked about that on the diversity episode. Um, So I wanted to put out the hypothetical of let's say you were in that situation or you just were like, I'm done with D and I'm I'm breaking up with it. I'm moving on. And, and, we don't want to end the story that our players are doing. We don't want to end this thing that's been going on for years and years and years. Yeah. What system would you choose? Ali, why don't, you, why don't we start with you? All right. <laughs> um, there's quite a few options out there. Um, I will say that transitioning from D&D to another game, I would definitely recommend sticking to the high fantasy type of games. Mm-hmm. Um, something that I've had personal experience going from D&D into another RPG was a period of time where uh, Ben Puffin Forest was running games for us and we just finished a campaign, but it finished weird. And so all of us wanted to keep the characters, but Ben was like, yeah. I don't really want to run 4E anymore. And so we're like, okay. So we were looking into all these games and Ben being Ben, he's like, well, I have about like nine RPGs I want to try out. So how would you guys feel about us doing an RPG a week? (laughs) (laughs) And so we kind of were like, sure, Ben, you know, you're going to spearhead this, you know how to play. You just kind of guide us through it and we'll do it. And, um, there were several games that we did, and um, including one of them was the Game of Thrones RPG, but it was like nice. before it was actually published out. Oh, jeez. So it was like the beta system <laughs> that it was. Oh, my. Um, but one of the easiest ones for us to transition into was actually Fantasy Age. Um, mm. It was really easy for us to just like, okay, this is my character. I was a ranger, and this is my abilities. Okay, well super super easy to just transcribe that character into fantasy age i don't know exactly why it was uh forgive me it was been literally years since this happened but (laughs) (laughs) i just recall playing that and it felt like the story didn't even change it felt like our characters weren't different at all it felt like we were just right in that same goofy party that we were before and i remember going from there 
to call a Cthulhu and that was just the most hilarious thing ever. Because <laughs> all of a sudden my ranger is a sniper from the war and <laughs> it's like, it was, it was so, and the rogue was a detective. It was, it was fun, but um, definitely the easiest one that was that fantasy transition was fantasy age for us. Um, and it was an easy system to pick up too. Mm-hmm. It, that's, that's something about me. Um, I, really really struggle with new systems which is <laughs> definitely a downside to uh doing this podcast because i would love to try new rpgs but i am terrified <laughs> of playing new rpgs <laughs> Valid. and so like that's something that i would totally recommend is that if you're along that same thing as me where it's new it's totally something i've never done before i don't know if i can do it Find someone or be that one person that can lead the group, you know? Yeah. It's like Ben was that person for us. None of us really knew how to play. There was only one book, and it was in Ben's hands, and he just told us what we needed to know at the time. And just like in D&D, where it's like, you know, just uh, you can ignore some things as long as we're having fun. That was kind of how we played it. Like, mm-hmm. just because the game system is completely different, if, like, if you want it to fit more with your character story to, like, transition easier you can ignore some bits it's okay it's, yeah. a, it's an rpg <laughs> so so would fantasy age be the one that you think you would take the neverwinter game into if you were going to do that probably um like yeah i would probably want to try fantasy age if if i couldn't do D anymore or if i didn't want to or if one of my players didn't want to i would try to transition into there because mm. i just know like personally i can't run pathfinder 2 like yeah <laughs> pathfinder 1's out of the question for me but like pathfinder 2 i would try but i also know my players and it would be too much of a stark difference with both play style and character building like you mentioned earlier mm-hmm. like you it took you 2 hours for the pathfinder 2 one and like 15 minutes for the D&D one mm-hmm. like i know yeah i fantasy i love age playing is quick. Our Saturday game, I, I, I absolutely do. Do not get me wrong. Pathfinder 2 did not pop up on the, this list for me at all. Yeah, I mean, it's a completely and, 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 different play style. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's why I and, wouldn't and, recommend Call of Cthulhu to transfer. It's like you yeah. could, but it's a completely different play style from actual D&D 5th edition. Mm-hmm. And, like, thinking of my group, like, it wouldn't work. Mm-hmm. It absolutely <laughs> wouldn't work with my group. Um. So, but but yeah yeah like there were other games that we tried and they just didn't feel good at all like we did uh legend of the five rings and it was like this this is close but it's almost too open for us and also the world building was almost too important for the actual game for us to transition from D mm-hmm. that we couldn't and then there was yeah. uh, there was this other one too that was just a huge like pseudo earth where it was like you have the britons over in this area but they're not britons and it was like we tried that one and that one didn't work either but yeah i, I definitely clearly remember fantasy age game of thrones didn't work at all that's another one <laughs> the game of thrones is as complicated as pathfinder 2 but then you're also building a house on top of that <laughs> oh no it's like and i mean that literally <laughs> both building the house and the house <laughs> oh my yeah so that's that's uh, too complicated to really transition <laughs> Dusty, what what about you? If you were tr- to transition a D and D fifth edition campaign to another system, which one do you think it would be? Um, it it depends. Like I, I really like playing D and D, and I've always been a big proponent of like D and D is what you make it. 
Um, so yeah. I've been putting a lot, I put a lot of like different elements in my games. Like I pull mm-hmm. a lot from sci-fi because that's, that's, that's just like my jam. I love sci-fi everything. Um, but if I wanted to shoot, like put it, like move, doing a campaign different, um, the first thing that comes to mind is, is the new RPG quest. Um, I have it right here next to me. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was looking at the PDF earlier because I'm working on stuff for it. But um, quests, just like it's, I don't know, it's simple, but it's really refined. Yeah, and I really like that about it. And it 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 lets you the world building. They have the whole thing about the world building of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, it explains the omniverse. the omniverse and like how there's different, like little planes of existence and how you can move between them and what has what, um, I just feel that lends so well to just like popping whatever you want right into there. I feel like I could yeah. easily put sci-fi into quests. I could easily do like high fantasy or like even like a little bit more like realistic games like in there. Um, see, like mm-hmm. I, I actually love that because one of the things that i was thinking about saying but i didn't because it's too open-ended would be fate because Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. coming off of like purely role-playing no dice involved uh dragon fight with my players it's like yeah i could probably roll fate with that but it's like at the same time i as a dm and i know my players need a little bit more structure so i feel like quest would fill that in Mm -hmm. so funny enough uh that is actually on my list we'll get to that in a little bit (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) Uh, but yeah, quest does that, and then like, I truly love that the character creation. The only mechanical part of it is your role. So like, if you're the invoker, which is like a paladin, or you know the wizard, or a fighter, which is just called a fighter because you can't trademark mm-hmm. the word fighter. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, that, that's super cool, and I feel like I just pop anything into there. Uh, and I'm even like working on some stuff for it like world building as well like i'm thinking guys they just opened their creative commons license however that word is saying yeah so i know they they uh they put it on twitter that uh they yeah they put out the license so you can just start making things for Mm -hmm. the game Mm -hmm. it's fantastic and it's coming around very slow because there's a lot to it but i'm thinking of making a setting for it um hell yeah based off the world that uh was our very short-lived uh, 5e campaign because I was trying to take on too many things at once. That's on me. <laughs> mm. Hey, I understand. Yeah, yeah, your last episode, y'all. Listen to it on Tiffany <laughs> Class. Um, but th- that, that's the first thing that comes to mind. Um, and I've been playing, like, I've been recently playing a lot of different games. Um, like, I've, I've jumped in, like I mentioned after the start of the podcast, Scum and Villainy, which is, like, space pirates, futuristic stuff, and that, like, that 100% has, like, my attention right now because I love that shit. Um, but I probably wouldn't transition a 5e game to it uh, just because it's a little, little different. High fantasy to high sci-fi fantasy. Um, I wouldn't be able to yeah. switch it right away. It's a very fun system. I may at some point switch it as, into my main game, but I wouldn't transition from 5e to it. Um, yeah. The only That's other fair. thing I could think of would be Monster of the Week because mm-hmm. that game is so fun. Even like the short game that we played for the season mm-hmm. summer of game times. Um, season of games, yeah. Yeah, that one. <laughs> um, that that was super fun and I just fell in love with the play style of it because it's so roleplay heavy. And oh, I just yeah. love that in yeah. all the games. 
Yeah, there there is uh, there's Dungeon World, which runs off of the Apocalypse Engine, same yeah. as uh, Monster of the Week. Yeah, play by the. And like, I don't have that book. I need to buy that book. Yeah, depending mm-hmm. on like your player's play style, especially if you are like more combat heavy, or even if you are like one of the three pillars heavy, as opposed to all three, I think like mm-hmm. the Monster of the Week play style would be perfect to transition yeah. into. Yeah, yeah, and Scum and Villainy kind of has that as well. I will say that one. Looking at it right away, it looks really crunchy. I'm like looking at this, and there's like there's like this clock roll that you need to do. Um, you have like <laughs> twelve different main like stats. One's called skulk because you have to skulk around. Um, <laughs> but character creation was actually surprisingly simple, which I like. After looking at nice. it and making my character, I'm like, oh, that's all I need to do. I. Like mm-hmm. going through it, I understand once you get into like the scenarios, like heists and stuff, it'll get a little more intense. Um, but mm-hmm. that, and then like you're you actually build a ship as your thing, as your whole party, and that was fun too because you could choose from different like styles and like, oh, do we want like like warp engine things or a radar or <laughs> oh, a cool. shit like that? So it it felt really cool. So, but I think. My main thing would be Quest, because Quest is just, it's it's cool. I like it a lot. It's yeah. something special. That's what, I've said that on Twitter. It, it, listeners, mm-hmm. if you don't know about Quest, uh, I highly recommend you go check it out. Um, it was one of those where, like, I saw Justice Armin tweet about it, and then Dusty, you and I were talking about yeah. it, and, like, a week later, it was on my doorstep. Um <laughs> I would actually love at some point to do a topic about Quest and like kind of do. I've been like, maybe we should do reviews of other systems because like we could do like Ooh. Pathfinder Two, we could do Quest, we could talk about <laughs> other things. Could be interesting. Um, so maybe maybe that something will happen with that. Um, yeah, my list. I had Fantasy Age on there absolutely, um, and and Quest as well uh, because they are great high fantasy systems, like we were saying. Um, mm-hmm. I. I think I would I would probably go with Quest, but I do like it, it's weird because like Fantasy Age is definitely simplified like Fifth Edition, but also somehow more crunchy, and I enjoy that. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's like that nice in between between Fifth Edition and Pathfinder Second Edition. Yeah, it's the right amount of texture in that in that yeah. flavor yeah. profile. <laughs> like when because I got introduced to it through Dragon Age, and like when they're like, "Oh, you have spell points." and you have a mana pool that you ha- you know, mm-hmm. when you want to cast spell you cast like that I'm like I love that that's freaking great and you take mana and potions and stuff like that it's yeah great. um and so yeah I had that uh and quest on there but uh the this one I'm just putting on as a shout out because I know no one will play with me I put Genesis on here but it's way <laughs> too overly complicated <laughs> and trying to do it over discord would be an absolute nightmare oh gosh yeah um, yeah <laughs> that'd be really bad <laughs> Um, so I, 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 I didn't, I, the main reason I didn't pick quest is because I knew Dusty was going to. So I'm going to go with fate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've been banging this drum for mm-hmm. a year now about yeah. fate. Um, and what's funny is I actually kind of lost faith in it. Um, because I did do a fate game a long time ago and it just kind of petered out. And then we switched back to fifth edition and then come to find out very recently, everyone loved that game. <laughs> like, oh yeah, man! That urban fantasy one you were doing was really freaking yeah. cool. I'm like the the fate game, and they're like, yeah. yeah. I'm like, really? It was fun. Oh, <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, I I think with the way that the golden pals fucking roll, and they're just like, I want to do crazy and shit. Mm-hmm. Fate 
is something that can totally allow for that. Mm-hmm. Um, how I would do that online with the aspects and everything, I don't quite know. I think that's where I'd actually have to start getting into either like I do the camera thing again or do roll 20. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, because essentially you need these aspects that you write down and you put them out there and then people can spend their fate points on invoking them to do something fucking cool. Yeah. And uh, I'm pretty sure my players would be just broke all the time because they just want to do cool <laughs> shit all the time. <laughs> But uh, the thing I wanted to add in here at the end is um, I know me and uh, me being just like completely like anal about continuity and shit. I would have to write a reason why some things are different. Like if I went over to quest, I would write it where it is a whole other world. Like I have a multiverse already set up, so I Mm -hmm. would change the location from fifth edition to that um and put in this like big you know event style storytelling thing happening in there do you think you guys would do that or would you just transition over oh personally i would keep the world exactly the same simply because it's it's the world you know (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. like i know this from the back of my hand because it's like i've also built it as well like i didn't just borrow from the books it's like half this stuff is from my I, own head and uh, so like uh, having sh- to, to come uh, up with a whole new thing shout out to the podcast three black halflings but uh one of the people out there said that it is uh world building light <laughs> uh, <laughs> you're, you're still doing your own world building but it's through the pre-written fifth edition stuff yeah <laughs> world building light i love that um yeah. yeah so it's like i would totally keep the same world but it's like that's one beautiful thing about fate is that you could be like all right you guys have entered uh like Neverwinter, you're in Protector's Enclave. There's yeah. your little card, yeah. um, and you need to go talk to the king. <laughs> it's like okay, well, you can still do all that in fate. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, my only I, issue I, with like fate, mm-hmm. sorry, Zesty, is like, uh, is that I feel like the character creation would just get me down. <laughs> I get that. <laughs> yeah, but uh, sorry, go ahead, Dusty. <laughs> um, I feel like I'd probably do a combination of two, just because like. I have an established multiverse of characters already. Yes, you do. And I so it. moving mm-hmm. toward like doing towards that, like they're already all connected in my head. So I'm like, oh, they just go towards here. And now these two characters are finally meeting for X, Y, or Z reason. Um, and I would probably keep certain aspects of the world uh, the same, but I would be like, they're just like, things are just slightly off. Um, and they're just like, incontinuities between both worlds but the new one was like oh blah 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 characters characters etc etc but mm-hmm. i i would definitely i i love that kind of like alternate universe alternate dimensions like space travel stuff so mm-hmm. i i would just love putting that into my games regardless that was actually oh, yeah. my first my first campaign, like the ones that we we're doing, I'm, I'm telling you all this now because it's not going to happen in the future. I had an idea where, <laughs> um, like you, I, this whole thing was about connecting to like your previous answers and stuff. I was thinking, it's like, what if like you, we had two different characters for Pathfinder than D and D, and someone who did their ancestors. Oh, I, I remember D&D. you talking to me yeah. about this yeah. and doing like this Assassin's Creed Animus style thing where we switched systems between where we were. Yeah, but I was like, yeah. I thought that was pretty oh. fun. It, it would have been fun, but I'd be like, that would be so much things to keep track of. No. So good. <laughs> it would be, but it would be really cool. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. no, totally. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, all right, let's transition over to our uh, our. You know, we've just I started calling this on Twitter. I think it kind of works the, our DC spotlight because yeah. we're spotlighting things more than just uh, DMs Guild now. Yeah. So you know, we'll just leave it at the DC spotlight. Yeah, okay. uh, and this week's spotlight is shouting in place. Uh, Dusty, tell us about your podcast. Shouting in place is uh, let me just mention. Shouting in place is a podcast where you can shout into the void and know nothing will shout back. Um, <laughs> I I made it as a podcast to talk to people it's a it's like interview style podcast where i talk to people about things specifically right now um and probably for the foreseeable future just seeing how things are um how people are passing their times in quarantine and shelter in place and focusing on like the good things that's been happening because uh, there's Mm -hmm. a lot of shit and i do talk about that in the episodes as well but focusing on good things and talking about good things just sometimes you just need to talk about it and it honestly feels better um, yeah, it came out with me being extremely um, frustrated is the nicest way to say it with the situation <laughs> of the world right now. Um, outwardly, I try to be a positive person as much as I can, but like sometimes it's just like you just need to talk some shit. So yeah, mm-hmm. that that's where the podcast came into there. Um, and going with the same vibes, we like, hey, this is. I want to talk about good things. I also like want to talk about, like, hey, let's talk about organizations and foundations that are doing some good shit in the world um so the very first episode that recorded with me and my partner and we just talked about the minnesota uh bail fund um and some other stuff and um and that's kind of been the consistent thing there and i've had so like i reach out and have someone new on every week Uh, and like both of you have been on both really fun episodes um (laughs) Uh, and I've had like people like I've had uh, Jasmine. Uh, her oh, I forgot her last name. And I apologize, Jasmine. I don't know if you're listening to this because you're not into D and D, but you know, um, <laughs> uh, she's a game designer and she works for stuff like Latinx and gaming, which is like super cool for me because I love seeing mm-hmm. that kind of representation. Um, I've had like uh, Chad and Holden from Responding Fire. I've had a lot of people from that group, uh, like Dallas and um, Matt from Matt from RI, but you know. Matt, Matt Fiera. Matt from Rhode Island. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and I had some um, here. This is coming on Friday. You'll hear it on Sunday. This next Sunday episode, I'm having uh, Hector Reyes, which are good friends of both hey, of y'all and Hector. such an awesome yeah. person. Um, he's going to be on. That one is a fun episode. So definitely check it out. Uh, but yeah, awesome. it's it's been a podcast that has given me a creative outlet for feeling... Um, <laughs> unending stress from the current situation especially as someone who works in healthcare so yeah if, and you've been kicking butt on it like yeah. the, the people you've been getting on consistently and everything like that i'm i, I love it you, you're mm-hmm. doing a great job and I, I appreciate and like the idea for the fundraiser came out after talking about like hey what if i could actually raise money um so the mm-hmm. doctors out borders one um blew it out of the water like so that's why i reached out to y'all and hopefully reach out to other people in the future if you're listening friends um (laughs) you'll you'll hear from me eventually um but yeah (laughs) i i i keep wanting to do this organize like these fundraisers on a month-by-month basis because it's just an easy way to help out like awesome organizations Mm -hmm. but yeah 
No, that uh, like I said, you've been doing a freaking great work over Phenomenal. there, and I yeah. love that you are consistently coming out not with not just with episodes, but with guests and with uh, places to go support. I love it. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, shouting into my Back to the Future cap on your oh, show yeah. was one of the most therapeutic things I've <laughs> oh, ever yeah. done in my life. No, I shouted into my chewy pillow I got here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that's another my roommates part. Were we, concerned. <laughs> we 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 shout into uh, something. I have a shouting jar. This is stays right here next to my computer. Um, but we've had people shout into pillows, shout into a shoe, um, <laughs> shout into their hands, cups, um, a unicorn Martin pillow. Martin <laughs> hat. Yeah, so uh, that's kind of been part of the spiel when I talk about it. Just shout into whatever. Or you can just shout into the air. Just shout into the void just to get that cathartic release. Because sometimes you just need to do that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so go uh, check out uh, Dusty's podcast, Shouting in Place. Uh, it's got a, it's got plenty of episodes now that will keep you entertained for a long period of time. So I highly yeah. recommend it. And hey, if you need to shout into place, maybe hit him up as well. Mm-hmm. As yeah. long as you're cool, not a jerk. Don't yeah, a jerk. please, <laughs> please. My DMs are open for Shouting in Place, like at Twitter, just Shouting in Place. I'm always looking for people to um, talk to. I already have a list of like. I'm recording with three people next week. Um, so, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. It's, Dusty made your inspiration. <laughs> I, you are. I, I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> like, I'm over here scared as shit to ask anyone to be on this show. And you're just like, hey, every episode, that's my anxiety. I'm like, good God, man. <laughs> yeah. Well Sometimes it's a it's a spitball, but, you know, I'm, I'm doing with what hey, I you can. Know. Yeah. Also, that... that- that little quote there, like slide into my DMs to shout into the void with me. Like <laughs> that's your next shirt. Hey, that that's is... your next shirt right there. Let me get out to Canva really uh... quick. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so listener, you're gonna get an extra long episode because yeah. I feel like this is a fun topic yeah. uh, to talk about uh, with multiple people, and that topic is. Fudging dice rolls, a very decisive uh, thing in the uh, RPG community, not even just D&D, but tabletop RPGs as a whole. I feel like this is as controversial as like talking about your pay at work. (laughs) (laughs) It's like talking about like if other DMs like fudge their dice rolls. (laughs) I'm going to be just straight up like this. For both of those things, I don't think y'all should care about talking about it. Fudgy dice rolls are the best thing. And I'm there's that's a spiel about talking about your pay. I could talk about that on different podcasts, but you know, don't be worried. We'll talk about that on your we'll talk about that on your podcast. That yeah, that that sounds like a good one. Um but yeah, so if you're unfamiliar with the term fudging dice rolls, uh that is uh when you uh, uh essentially lie. Uh, <laughs> yeah, pretty good yeah. Uh, Where it, the dice comes up as something, and you say it is something else. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is something that uh, is a big conversation point among DMs of whether or uh, not you fudge behind the screen or not. Mm-hmm. So the I have been a big proponent of this for a long time that fudging is not bad. <laughs> uh, for a lot of people, it is an absolute four-letter word. They think that they I I have straight up been accused of cheating. Yeah. Uh, in D and D because I admit that I fudge dice rolls. 
Um, so okay. I wanted to know what uh, what y'all think about this. I, I we we know Dusty's opinion. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Allie, how do you feel about fudging dice rolls? Um, I mean, like it can be summed up into like you can't call me a truther. I'm definitely I'm a liar, true through and through. I'm, <laughs> I I uh, fudge dice like on the constant, nearly. Um, but there's a reason why behind it. Um, <laughs> so like I've always talked about how like number one rule is everyone should be having fun, including the DM. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like there comes points in my in my game where I'm like my my shiny uh, teal metal dice tend to enjoy rolling natural twenties when my players are nearly dead, and they're <laughs> fighting something that is way over leveled, and this will murder them. And I'm over here like you know what that's not fun for me. I know it's not fun for them. It's just going to be anxiety all around, and it'll stop the story. Full stop. So. Instead, I'm going to say, does an 18 hit? And if they say, yeah, I'll be like, all right. And then I roll the dice <laughs> instead of that third crit in a row. <laughs> now, here's the thing. I, I know of and have interacted with people who would say that you are robbing them of the actual game that you uh that you're ruining the story with it that it's that you're breaking the rules that you're cheating that you're all these things mm-hmm. and to them i say you have a different table yeah i mean like that's the thing like if everyone at your table is full just no the dice determines what happens then you know what take away your dm screen Mm-hmm. If that's how your game is run, go for it. Just be like, all right, guys, let's do it. And then you just pull up that DM screen and be like, here it is. Um, and, it, and to be fair, I have done that. Yeah. When I ran Star Wars, I ran no screen because yeah. I thought it was more fun with the way that dice system worked for them to be able to mm-hmm. see what I was doing. That's how Ben runs his games. He doesn't play with a DM screen. And it's always terrifying just all of us <laughs> on the table looking at him as he rolls like 12 dice. And we're like, Ben, buddy, what are you doing? Porque, porque. Stop. <laughs> and um, it's, I 100% believe in uh, the DM rolling and just deciding it didn't roll that way. Because in the mm-hmm. end, the DM gets to kind of figure out which way they want the story to go. And if the dice for whatever reason, decide to go the other way, the DM now has a choice. Do I want to go with what fate said or do I want to go with what I think would be more fun for my players? Mm-hmm. I will say that um, I... So a long time ago when this show was called Dungeon Driver and it was just me sitting alone in my car rambling to myself for 15 minutes, <laughs> um, I did an episode on uh, fudging dice and one of the things that I said in there that I do still agree with is... I think the main thing with fudging dice rolls is it is fine as long as you strike a balance between it. Oh yeah. Um because I have uh, I have 100% done the one where it's just like, "Oh god, this is this player's first session. They're playing a wizard and I just crit on them as a bugbear. They will die a billion deaths." <laughs> it rolled a 4. Um I have 100% on that. Yeah. But at the same time, I have also been this is the third demon in a row that they fought that I've rolled like single digits on and they can't be afraid of them <laughs> if I keep 
missing them with every attack that ever goes at them. So I have a hundred percent thrown higher numbers at them. Yeah. To make something more intense or uh, you know more stressful or just give the thing the fear it deserves instead of my like Mister Rogersing like this is like well you know I was gonna fight you <laughs> but now I just think you're good pals because I can't hit you for shit. What's <laughs> something that's really fun is. Uh, you, you rolled a really big number and it's a boss fight and you're like, okay, I know this is going to hit, but let me just do something. And so you make the face of, ooh, it rolled really low. And then you double check the stat block and then you still yeah. say a really <laughs> big number. Giants, man. Giants. Like, yeah. But you, make, you, you don't say what number it was. You just make a face like, oh, that's really low. And then you look and then you just say, does 26 hit? And then everyone's like, excuse Actually. me. <laughs> so it's like, even though I, you know it hit, like just... Mm-hmm pretending yeah. it wasn't what the role actually was is also a fun thing mm-hmm. but 100 yeah, percent, I, I agree with you like i'm not the goody mm-hmm. to shoe no one ever dies in my campaign kind of dm yeah. i am definitely a person of this person this this creature they're fighting needs to be scarier this fight shouldn't be this easy otherwise it's just gonna go quick and so it's like mm-hmm. i will 100 just say again for story purposes like no this is this is how it's gonna go I I I've used that as my reasoning before and someone threw back at me then you need to find a different game. Oh. <laughs> hey, yeah, Straight that up. was kind of the re- <laughs> I, I I was on Twitter so I couldn't really exactly make that sound back at them but that's is the sound yeah. that I made when I saw it. Yeah. Um no, Yeah, it, it um here's the thing. I'm not going to, if you come at me and like, I never fudge. I, that's cheating. That's fine. I don't care. Mm-hmm. I really don't. Like if you don't fudge and you think it's the worst thing ever, that's fine. Don't come at me when my players are having fun and telling me that I'm playing the game wrong. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I fudge, no. I fudge it in both ways. I make it more intense or I make it a little easier. It's, it, it's me reading the table mm-hmm. and knowing when and when not to do these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like if, if my, my best friend has had a shitty fucking day and like all they want to do is just play some D and D and they are getting just stomped by this stupid little monster. I'm going to, I, I will, I will, uh, you know, at least one of them be like, yeah, you missed on that one. I yeah. rolled a one on that. Go ahead and go ahead and get a free attack on. Oh yeah. I like, mean, I, like, yeah. it's number one rule. Have fun. Yeah. <laughs> Read the table. If your players aren't having fun, and it's because the dice are just favoring the the enemies. Mm-hmm. Maybe consider. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. For, what about um, you, Dusty? For so I think fudging dice is a hundred percent fine. I'm gonna give you the example. I ran library games for a teenage group, and teenage is loose. There's no one over eighteen, but I had children from ten and seven to seventeen. Um, and so playing these games, like I'd essentially make these encounters that were very short. You do these X, Y, Z, you solve a quick puzzle, you fight a boss. And a lot of these, a lot of the times there would be this thing. And one of the encounters, um, really early on, these group of, uh, like five kids were, um, fighting animated tables. And Mm -hmm. like one of this table was literally down to its last leg, literally, um, and the person before them, like, froze it with Ray of Frost, and the, the next person, they were a barbarian. I was like, okay, I want to jump in the air and drop kick it and blow into a million pieces. I'm like, roll your attack. Roll the two. I'm like, oh no. You know what? 
that table because it's frozen it's super easy to hit you jump in there your leg goes down and this it literally it's snowing into the, the tavern now mm-hmm. and everyone lost their shit like and that's what the game is about and, yeah and and nothing was hurt but he, he was like he was gonna kill it anyways or the yeah. next dude was gonna kill it didn't yeah. matter the thing was going to die yeah mm-hmm. but you let that player have that cool moment yeah exactly yeah. and i love doing that especially for like playing with a group of like a big group of people and you're seeing all this or even like younger kids and i've had in the same direction like i designed an encounter where they're fighting a bunch of dinosaurs and they were kicking their asses and they were like level seven i designed these as like with like 200 some health and like after the first round they had like 30 health left each i'm like okay i need to like work (laughs) on this so like the the barbarian is right next to it that hit it for like a crit with like 60 damage rolls like i roll a three so does a 22 hit your ac or something like mm-hmm. that and like mm. i just the t-rex turned around sliding to the wall like i knew it was gonna kill him he was at full health but he just like yeah. dished massive damage it's like like it, they need to show like that these things can be a threat yeah exactly yeah. and that and then i i was that same encounter i had the dinosaur that was also a magician like the magic so i love it i had one of them just like teleport behind the the player and the player's like what excuse me (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah 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 if you want to confuse any players just give something misty step exactly (laughs) but yeah i i'm super down like because and i say the same thing to my players for the library and like for any games i run the first rule of D &D and like one of the only rules in my opinion is have fun and yeah. we'll work with that. Sometimes, like Trevor said, you need to make counters more scary because you are supposed to be a scary creature. Or sometimes you need to let players have their moment. Like let yeah. your players mm-hmm. shine. That's what they're there to do. They're there to play a game and have the a kick-ass time with their friends. They're the heroes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I for me, I fudge like more so in my opinion. I do more so as a DM than as a player because I feel as a player it's okay. funnier when I fail. So. So, so here's the thing. I'm, I'm a, I brought my mic back with me. I'm leaning back in the chair. I'm, I'm going to throw a curveball <laughs> at you guys. I'm going to talk to you. So I saw on Twitter recently mm-hmm. this person that posted. Um, they said, I, I'm not, I don't have the, the tweet in front of me. Yeah. Forgive me. Uh, but it was essentially like hot take. I think fudging as, uh, fudging as a player is okay. Mm. Because, and this they went on to elaborate. Because they said, I trust my players to know when they think that something needs to be epic or mm-hmm. something just needs to succeed in order for the story to progress. It, it was a lot of really good points. And I'm going to be honest, I was reading through it and I didn't completely disagree with it. What are, what are your yeah. thoughts on that? Um, I will say they said a word in there that's very 100% what I was going to bring up earlier is trust. Yeah. Even though this we're we're talking about lying abound and just like everyone yeah. lying, lying right now. <laughs> but still the concept of trust and having trust between players and DM is the biggest component there. Because as players, you either have to trust your DM to know the story beat and to know and understand how things will end up. But as a DM too, you have this trust with your players that they will also have fun and if 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 you trust them to be like all right 
well, hang on. Let, let me let me let me re- rephrase that. As a player, mm-hmm. if you roll a one, and it's a very important part of the game, you either got a couple options. You can say, "I got a one," and then you trust. At that point, you're leaving it in the DM's hands to say what happens next, because you got to trust your DM to figure out something that's appropriate and fun still for the table, or if you either don't trust that from happening or you really want to keep things on your side of the table. Cause that's the only thing I will say is that you're taking that away from the DM where mm-hmm. the, that's like literally the DM's job is to determine yeah. that part of the story. Mm-hmm. And when you fudge the dice as a player, you take that away from the DM. It's like, you're taking a part, like you're taking, you're, you're taking an entire job away from them. And you, you no longer trust the DM to be able to handle that poor role. Mm-hmm. That's that's my personal belief. Is that like if you okay. fudge the dice, then you don't trust the DM to be able to handle whatever you just did. Mm-hmm. Okay. What about yeah. you, Dusty? Um, I will say on the same end, I I agree with that statement that um, trusting your players and like I play with a lot of strangers. I know I can't do that, but there's a difference between a player rolling twenty on literally everything mm-hmm. and a player that is down to seven health and. Rolls an, rolls an attack, and I see they have a 7 on their dice, but they'd be like, 17. Yeah, go ahead and roll. Oh, you kill it. You didn't die. So, mm-hmm. it and it's it's different different situations. If this is like a climactic boss, boss, a climactic boss battle, that's it, a different story. But if it's just mm-hmm. like, oh, you're, you're fighting a rat, and then like, you crit failed three times in a row, you can fudge it every now and then. You know what, though? I, I will admit to one time yeah. that I, as a player, did fudge dice. And I 100% remember this because it was just stark in my mind. It was during a death save. And mm-hmm. it was the third death save. We were only level two. And we hadn't been playing with that DM for long enough for me to know what happens if this character that I really love dies. Mm-hmm. There's no way for us to bring this character back because we're so low level. So mm-hmm. I rolled... And instead of failing, I said, I, sur- I, f- I passed. Yeah. And you know what? Honestly, I don't regret that. <laughs> <laughs> because that character is like my favorite character I've ever played. And it wasn't in your campaign, Trevor. It was in, it was in my I- <laughs> But uh, it was like, because like, I know how you would handle that kind of thing. But like, it was a new DM and like, we didn't know how they would be able to handle it. And it was like the second fight in the entire game and i'm like i would literally die and Mm -hmm. so i decided no i'm just gonna i'm just gonna go for it and just say that i didn't all right i i I will i will admit to i'll admit to one um ike i'm sorry Uh, (laughs) so this was this was a long time this was actually during uh before uh either of you joined up and uh it, w- it wasn't like I rolled it and I was like, oh, I'm not taking that. It was I rolled it. I did the math in my head and I told it to him. And I goes, that just barely hits. And I rolled damage on it and we went to the next turn. And it was about halfway through two turns later that I went, that's not what I rolled. <laughs> oh, shit. I did the math wrong. Oh, shit. I didn't hit. And I didn't say anything. You didn't say anything. 
I didn't say anything. I'm sorry, Ike. Mm-hmm. It was it was already two turns past. I was like, oh, I don't want to <laughs> fucking. Uh. Um, so here's here's the thing with me. Um, uh, on on that Dungeon Driver episode, I very adamantly said, "Do not do this as a player." And what I'll say now, like where I am as a DM, is don't do this as a player, like all the time, or even like you know, like like know the group that you're in. Like mm-hmm. if the group that you're in is very focused and very like into it and everything like that. Um, yeah, absolutely. Don't do that. Leave. And like Ali was saying, like trust your DM and stuff like that. And, and, but I'm also not saying that if you do this, you're not trusting your DM. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes it's okay when it's like, okay, there's nothing going on. There, there's situations. I'm not going to sit here and trying to come up with situations. What I'm saying is that sometimes, Eh, it's okay, but overall, probably don't do it. Like, mm-hmm. it, it, like Ali was saying, the best way to put it is trust your DM. And again, it is funny to say that when we're talking about somebody just lying to you. Yeah, uh, the, <laughs> yeah. I, I'll put it. They are ignoring the rules for a moment. <laughs> trust your DM to keep the story going on beat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and I I mean like I'm. Like, Ali, like you said earlier, like, I, Trevor, I know how you would run things. And it's like, yeah, no, if somebody dies, that's the new plot point. That's yeah. where we're going. We're going to mm-hmm. figure out what happened with that. Like, character mm-hmm. death in my game is not one and done. It is going to mean something. It's going to change something. Things are going to happen around it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but, yeah, when it when it comes down to it, it's just like, hey, just, you know, here's the thing. I'll, I'll tell you this. If you sit there and you fudge and, and you, you're like, I passed, I want you to then fail on purpose. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause I was already talking yeah. about earlier. Like I, I, one balance. of the things for me is that I keep it balanced where it's like, uh, Oh nope. That dude missed you or, Oh yeah, no, he got a good hit on you. You, if you're going to do this as a player, if this is the road you've gone down, you do it both ways. In fact, mm-hmm. I I think you should even keep tally. Uh, just like, <laughs> all right, well, I did. I, I I said I passed that one. All right, now I need to owe myself another one. All right, that one failed. <laughs> so like, if if you're gonna do that, you 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 better do that. <laughs> that's, that's kind of my opinion on it. Mm-hmm. It's like that yeah. concept of the the Star Wars like RPG where you flip over the good and the, the light and dark side token. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you can even think of it like this the more that you fudge and pass just think of it like luck in monster of the week the more you fudge oh no the, the more times you something that will happen and, and like i really like you you i don't remember if we talked about this on the show or something but like you were talking about oh no it was for it's for last week's listener question oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. uh where you where you were saying like you wanted to put fate in D. i almost think that that would be like a better thing where it's like okay no you have this you have this amount of points throughout the whole campaign that you can say yes i pass mm-hmm. but if you <laughs> ever run out of those i'm coming for you <laughs> I'm, I'm working on a campaign for like a different group where i'm talking about them to adding that in there i'm just thinking i could have so much fun with this oh yeah so <laughs> much fun i mean so much fun now that i think about it there is a already a, a situation set up for like like fate in D, and that's the inspiration points yeah if i mean like yeah. if you really are kind of like a group that wants to kind of play with this and no one in the group is a divination wizard or has the lucky feet um <laughs> saint james yeah, like you could totally 
dole out inspiration points and be like, these are not just for advantage. This is yeah. for you pass. <laughs> but but the, the thing that I like about the monster of the week one is that it's like, all right, this is your set amount. It will never go up. And if you lose all of them, bad things happen. That so that gets me excited as a storyteller yeah. of like seeing when a player gets to that point with their character. Like, I need this to pass, even if that means the world will end for me. Like I, yeah. I would love to see it. And so in fact, I'm I'm getting so hyped about this. I might just do that. I might just I might just add it to the golden pals and be like, let's see where this goes. Please add it to the golden pals. I want to hear the hijinks. Oh, that would be so fun. Uthal will be out totally. of points by game one. He'll be like, fucking bring it. I don't care. I just crit on every demon in Avernus. You could totally draft up a contract in Avernus and be like, when you use up the rest of these luck points, something will happen at the end of this contract. Ali, genius. You're in the perfect position. You can do it. (laughs) Oh, you're so right. Oh, oh, you're so right. I I still have to write tomorrow's night, uh, tomorrow night session, so things may happen there. They don't even know because this episode's not even going up until Friday. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Do you guys got anything uh, else you want to say about fudging? Uh, no, not necessarily. I'm good. Yeah. yeah. I like uh, fudgy I, dice, so. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, th- I think the last thing I'm going to leave it on is something very similar to that I did in the Dungeon Driver one where it's, again, it's fine. Don't, if you do it, don't feel guilty about it as a DM. Um, <laughs> and <Yeah. laughs> remember the balance thing. I think that's the thing that I really want to get across is that it's like, yeah, it's fine if you if you fudge and whatnot, but balance it both ways. That way, that there is, you know, you you know your table, you know the story you're telling, you know all this stuff. So, like, yeah, do it in a way that is not making it cheap either way. Don't make it cheap where you know it's to the point where it's like, oh, your players are always getting out of things, mm-hmm. or uh, to the point where it's like, oh, these things are always hitting them. Find a good balance there. Yeah. It's okay if someone's trying to make you feel bad about it. They have a different table and, you know, maybe don't talk to them. Um, yeah. Like we all yeah. joke about dice rolling a bunch of ones in a row. So it's like, well, those 20s got to come up sometime. It's like, well, you can just, you know, balance yeah. that yourself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and if you have uh, any feedback about this, uh, our uh, email address is don't send it to me at gmail.com. <laughs> um, Shouting in oh, face man. at gmail.com. <laughs> there's a void you could shout into alright well that was our show for this week if you enjoyed this podcast and want to support it the best way to do that is by leaving a review on your service of choice as well as telling your friends about the show if you'd like your questions advice or stories read on the show send them into difficultyclass at gmail.com and if you'd like to stay up to date on the show you can find us on twitter at difficultyclass and on instagram at difficultypodcast and Dusty where they, can they find you? Uh, you can find uh, me on Twitter at Shouting in Place. Uh, you can find my personal account at Dust Letter E Hill, uh, and the podcast Shouting in Place on everything. I didn't find out I was on the <laughs> podcast until like two weeks ago, but you know, I'm also there. <laughs> well, thank you very much for being on the show. It was no, it was fantastic. So I can't can't wait for us to get that fundraiser going. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, keep an eye out for those shirts that we're going to put out. Very excited about it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, until next week, have a good game. Thank you.